Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. So let's rock! It's the Hammer and Nigel Weekend Show on 93 WIBC. It's, I mean, the reaction, corporate lamestream media on the death of college student Lakin Riley, brutally murdered by an illegal immigrant on the uh, campus of her uh, college, Georgia. It's been really shocking and gross because corporate mainstream media, instead of looking at the fact that, yeah, this guy shouldn't have been in the country. It's because of Joe Biden's policies that he was in the country, that he's here illegally. He's been arrested multiple times in multiple sanctuary cities and let go. They are making it sound like Republicans and Donald Trump are, quote unquote, you're going to hear this a lot. We're pouncing on the death of Lake and Riley. Republicans hyperbolizing the current border crisis. Instead of saying, no, this guy shouldn't have been here in the first place, and it's a direct result of Joe Biden's lax border policies. It's okay to be honest yeah. sometimes. <laughs> okay, It gives a little credibility if you're just flat out honest. So let's say you're CNN or MSNBC. We know where your politics lie. It's okay. You don't have to apologize. You're not fooling anybody anymore. But it's okay to admit when things happen. This is the fact of the case. This young lady was murdered by somebody here illegally and then ultimately let out of jail in New York to where he came down to Georgia and murdered her. The system let her down. Joe Biden's border situation and the Democrat judicial system in New York let this woman down. And Georgia, too. He had been incarcerated in Georgia for something, I believe. It's okay to admit that. You know, I understand you're all in on the left, but one of the things I take pride in with this show, we will call out Republicans when they need to be called out. Yes, I vote to the right about 99.5% of the time, okay? It's not a big secret, but nobody is tougher on Republicans than this radio station. Look at the way Rob calls these people out. Tony Katz has done it. I mean, when Jefferson Shreve ran his mayor's campaign here and blamed law-abiding gun owners for the problem and wanted to take some of your weapons away in a gun-grab move, we call him out. The mainstream national media doesn't do that. And this is why I love local WIBC here. It's okay to admit that Joe Biden failed this family. Joe Biden failed this woman. This woman would probably still be alive today had it not been for the ridiculous policy at the border and the justice system. How is it seizing? How is it pouncing? How is it politicizing this when there has been a pattern lately of brutal crimes perpetrated by people that are here illegally? A murdered college student in Georgia. A two-year-old boy in Maryland murdered, raping a minor in Virginia, raping a minor at Knife Point in Louisiana, shooting three Washington, D.C. police officers. All crimes perpetrated by people that should not have been here. 
Right. There's nothing wrong with pointing that out and saying it. I'm sorry. There's nothing. And look, if Donald Trump becomes the president and closes down the border, every once in a while, things like this may happen, right? But I'm hoping that it would be harder for these folks to get across the border because it's wide open right now. It is wide open. And that's the problem. It's so easy for people who want to harm you to just walk right across right now. And then, as if that's not enough, you've got weak prosecutors, weak justice systems, letting them back out of jail, that revolving door that we talk about. Everybody let this woman down. Everybody let this family down. How about that Athens mayor yesterday? That put me through the roof. That made my blood boil. The silver lining I took from that, and I'll play you the audio again here in just a second, was when the Athens mayor of a very left-leaning college town, a sanctuary city, as he described a number of years ago, when those people started booing their own mayor, that's how I knew the conversation that we're having right now was resonating. Because I got a feeling a lot of those people at that press conference They're probably not diehard MAGA people, right? It's a college town. It's a lefty town. It's a sanctuary city. But when that mayor walked up there and just lied to their face, that was a breaking point for even them. Well, 2019 was not that long ago. You might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country where you had the president of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. In the main, I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. Which is totally false. (laughs) Why does he bring up Charlottesville? The biggest hoax there is surrounding Donald Trump. What does that have to do with anything? These leftists think the illegal immigrants that are perpetrating these crimes are the victims proof let's go back to may of 2018 when donald trump then president donald trump you remember this called ms-13 gang members animals yes and then nancy pelosi said no they're they're not animals uh every we're all god's children they have a spark of di- divinity among every person there's a spark of divinity upon every person on earth ms-13 gang members <laughs> some of the most horrific people Alive. I called them animals. How dare he? The Athens idiot mayor. Well, well, look, you know, Donald Trump said really mean things, and you know, it metastasized, so you're going to have things like this happen. And he got I booed just, at his own press yeah, conference. Was, like you said, it, that was reassuring. I by like his that. own voters, yeah. and that was beautiful. So today, Chip Roy, he's a representative from Texas, He was on the House floor, and he brought up a big like poster board, and it had pictures of some of the most recent folks who have been victims of crimes from illegal immigrants. And listen, when Chip Roy gets fired up, man, he brings the heat, and he was demanding that something be done about this current situation of illegal border crossers. The border's not secure. And we're going to be passing a continuing resolution that continues to fund a DHS that refuses to secure the border. These Americans are dead. 
These Americans are dead because illegal immigrants, illegal aliens were released into the United States by this administration. Lake and Riley, one week ago today, was alive and well, and now she's gone. Because somebody from Venezuela was released on mass parole in El Paso, went into the United States, went to New York, was released after assaulting somebody, moved to Athens, Georgia, and killed this young woman. Because of the policies of the radical progressive Democrats that my colleagues on this side of the aisle want to campaign against, but refuse to use the power of the purse to stop. James Madison gave us the power of the purse, and we should darn well use it. That was Texas Rep. Chip Roy on the House floor. I like the way they're talking to you, Chip. Bring the heat. It's the weekend with Hammer and Nigel, 93 WIPC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tenderloins, Euchre, Basketball, Indiana Stuff. Breaking news, by the way. Uh, here in this segment called Indiana Stuff. In a roundabout way, this has to do with Indiana. Uh, Caitlin Clark, who plays for the Iowa Hawkeyes, very famous female college basketball player, the best, well-known, biggest name in college sports right now, I would say, has declared. We didn't know if she was going to go to that fifth COVID year that she was allowed to take or into the WNBA draft, which the Indiana Fever have the number one pick, she has formally announced on X that she is entering the draft for the WNBA. This is big news for our friends that work over at Pacers and Sports Entertainment because the Fever, they've got that top pick, which means, unless they're complete morons, (laughs) they're going to draft Caitlin Clark. And man, there's a lot of people that want to watch her play the game of basketball. She's a shooter. She's got her act together. Seems like a good citizen. That's good news. She is uh, about 18, just 18 points away. She broke the women's all-time scoring record. Right. Uh, But now she, I'm reading here, what is it? Clark is just 18 points away from breaking Pete Maravich's record of 3,667 points. And she's, we've got quite a ways to go before the end. Well, when's the end of the regular season for? So they're getting close, but then she's got Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament. I will say this for Pete Maravich, and I said this before. The dude played three years of college basketball, and there was no Uh, three-point line. uh, And a lot of the shots that Pete would chuck up there would have been three-point shots. Yeah, but still, but he's still, nobody's broken that record. Right. Scoring man machine, or woman. man. Man or woman. And Caitlin Clark, she is a brand. She's that's bringing it. some brand recognition. This is a big, big thing that's going to happen to the Indiana Fever. So that's awesome. Uh, you may have heard on the news earlier, Harrison Silcox was talking about this, a bill that put the future of the blue line, the Indigo blue line in question, is now dead. And the reason why it's dead is that the folks that were talking about it got what they wanted. The whole point of this thing possibly dying was it was taking up lanes of traffic that 
cars could not use. Right. Well, now there's been some sort of compromise where essentially two lanes of general traffic will be maintained in each direction of Washington Street whenever possible. Yeah, I thought the whole... I, I don't... The guy behind this bill, I don't think they were trying to kill this thing. They just wanted to make sure that there were more than like you know one lane of traffic going each way right it was more it, it would have just been more congestion and more traffic he came on our show and talked about it he wasn't against the lines he just was pro traffic being able to move around on washington street which if you take away a dedicated lane of traffic that's going to back up and be a nightmare so i think this is a pretty good compromise every once in a while you get a good compromise or a good trade like the Pacers and the Sacramento Kings, they had a good trade. It benefited everybody. The Kings got Sabonis. He helps them because they needed some muscle. And the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton. He became the face of the franchise. Everybody won on that. Both teams are better are, because of it. Are they? Is there a concerted effort? And I've heard other people on the sta- station talking about this, a concerted effort to make it more difficult for people to drive downtown and encourage the use of these systems instead of cars. I think so, but they're going to have a hard time pushing it out because I think everybody knows what's going on. Let's not kid ourselves. The city county council and boss hog set and all of his cronies, it's not about the traffic. It's about wanting to look progressive so they can get better jobs one day in other markets. The reason Joe Hawk sets the mayor now was that loser couldn't get hired anywhere else. So he came back and decided to be the mayor again. And now he can say, well, we are reducing emissions. Look how progressive Indianapolis is. We're like the Midwest Seattle, to which those lunatics is a good thing. So that's what it's about. And I'm happy that this little compromise comes along. If somebody needs to ride a bus, great. But don't block down an entire lane of traffic that most of us need because of it that's all we're asking here uh u.s senate hopeful john rusts once again trying to fight to get back on the republican primary ballot according to a verified petition for judicial review filed in marion county court yesterday rust is requesting that an order made by the indiana election division to remove him from the ballot was unsupported by quote substantial evidence So what happened was the election board basically said, hey, for you to be on an Indiana primary ballot, you had to have voted in a couple previous primary ballots. Right. He did not do that. And he had not received certification to run from a county Republican chair. Those are two stipulations under Indiana's code that are required. Rust allegedly did not meet those, so they kicked him off the ballot. Now, I know folks like Rob Kendall are saying, screw it, just let him on. The more people, the better. Power to the people. I get all that. And Rust is saying, listen, I'm a good dude. I'm ready to run. I'm petitioning. petitioning. I think you missed out on some evidence here. So we got some legal stuff going on. I'm fine with that. Jim Banks will tell you, as he said on this show, that Rust is a Democrat. That's that is, true. That is voted that way. Now, he did I, well, say no, that well, on I, this show. And I believe that was the first time we had, and I think Jim Banks is the first, first time I'd ever heard him respond that vigorously to his, to a, to a man that wants to compete with him for that uh, Senate seat. Right. And we normally are not candidate interview guys on this show. We have on guests, but like when we have on 
Jim Banks or Senator Braun or whoever, we're talking to them about their current position in power. We were talking to Mike Braun about what he's going to do voting on this, you know, funding to Ukraine bill. Right. We talk about the border with Jim Banks and things like that. Somebody sent a, a tweet, might have been an email, I think it was a tweet the other day, ripping us because we were crapping on John Rust. I've never done that. I, I've, I've, I'm on the record to say I thought he should be on the ballot. And I don't think I've really talked about it at all. Like, it's kind of a Rob Kendall deal. I don't want to step on his toes. He's passionate about it. Yeah. You can get coverage about that with Rob. But it's funny how people hear what they want to hear. And we get this a lot in News Talk Radio. Somebody's saying, Hammer and Nigel are against John Rust. No, we haven't even talked about Not it. Not at all. Not at all. Honestly, most candidate interviews bore the pants off of me. <laughs> Now We have to work overtime to make them sound interesting. Right. It's just not our thing for this show. For other shows, it's great. You know, Rob does a great job. Tony does a great job. But for this show, and unless you're going to bring a little entertainment value to the conversation here, I'd rather just do poop jokes. It's the <laughs> Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Weekend Show on 93 WIBC. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. So uh, this came down uh, late yesterday. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the presidential immunity case from Donald Trump. It should be sometime mid to late April or May. Uh, This goes back to the January 6th insurrectionist stuff. Deranged prosecutor Jack Smith! (laughs) And Trump's like saying, no, wait a minute. I had presidential immunity and you can't charge me with a crime. And there was, you know, there was appeals. There was lower courts involved. And now the Supreme Court is going to hear the case of whether Donald Trump had immunity while he was still president from this. And it's a BS insurrection charge anyway, right? Right. I mean, we all know. Donald Trump told the people to go home. That's one of the last tweets he ever tweeted before Twitter kicked him off was either go peacefully or go home, something to that effect. Right. right? And he has not been convicted of anything related to the insurrection. Right. So there's a lot of things, a lot of dominoes that have been knocked over as a result of January 6th. But ultimately, the real fact of the matter is that he has not been convicted of anything about an insurrection. Yeah, I think this specific trial was supposed to start sometime next month, March, you know, sometime in the next 30 days. That ain't happening now. No. It's, it's and really, on you're on Supreme Court time. Like, whenever they get to it. They say there's a timeline, a time frame, but, you know, it kind of just depends on when they get to it. Now, as a result of this, though, some of the high-profile Democrats are melting down. You've got Adam Schiff. Little pencil neck <laughs> Adam Schiff. He was the guy behind the whole Russian collusion story. Oh, yeah. He, story. he had the documents. He had the, he had the proof. Trump's guilty of Russian collusion. I got evidence. No, 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 you don't. He jumped on CNN, and he's kind of panicking that the Democrats' BS prosecution 
for the insurrection won't happen before the election. The goal is to deny justice by delaying justice, uh, and they may just succeed if the oral arguments are in April and a decision doesn't come out until May or June, and Judge Chutkin at the district court says they're going to have three months after that to prepare, then you're right in the fall up against the election. That bumps up against the Department of Justice policy of not normally taking legal action in close proximity to elect an election. I think the issue here is the proximity to the election is because of the defendant's own conduct, his effort to delay the proceedings. Uh, in that case, I would hope that the, the trial goes forward whenever it gets sent back to Judge Shutkin. And your effort to charge him with BS crimes. I mean, the balls <laughs> of these people. I mean, just the absolute gall that it takes to be upset that your BS prosecution, which you know it is, it's a total political hit job. You're upset that it's not going to happen as fast as you want it. And now you're throwing a temper tantrum. Didn't I, I thought deranged prosecutor Jack Smith wanted the Supreme Court to hear this. If you remember a couple of months ago, he was like, no, no, the Supreme Court's got to hear this so they can override it and we can get on with this trial. Well, now you got your wish. Meanwhile, on MSNBC, they were really ramping up the crazy. Oh, no. They saw Adam Schiff on CNN and said, hold my beer. Somebody bring in Ellie Mistel. Now, if you don't know who <laughs> Ellie Mistel is, this is just a crazy, over-the-top leftist. And he kind of looks like the love child of Don King and former <laughs> Pacers coach Dick Versace. <laughs> now, if you don't remember Dick Versace, I know that's kind of a uh, trip down memory lane. Yeah, the, like the gray or the white perm, right? Right. White, poofy, Q-tip yeah. hair, you know. Ellie Mistel looks like the black Dick Versace. So he was on MSNBC, and he is not only upset about what's going on, he is really fired up about the Supreme Court in regards to everything. They are corrupted political actors who act in bad faith. The reason why people like Mark and people like Dahlia seem to have a crystal ball is because they're real, because they're realists, and they understand the court for what it is. And at some point, people in the media, people at home, and people sitting in the White House have to stop pretending that the Supreme Court is some kind of benign, trying-to-do-its-best institution and start to realize that there are six Republicans, not conservatives, Republicans on the Supreme Court who view it as their job to help the Republican Party. And until we do something about that, until we take away that power, until we draw the line on them there, they will continue to do this. They will help Trump. They will take away abortion rights. They will end affirmative action. They will liberalize gun rights. They will do all of it until we stop them and somebody somebody needs to start listening in the higher echelons of the democratic party because we will keep losing every day we allow these six republicans in robes to rule over all of us oh time to pack the courts i got i got news for ellie here when the colorado case was brought to the supreme court about donald trump being removed from the ballot 
You had Ketanji Brown Jackson basically undressing the case that was brought before them. So it's not just a Republican case. It's a ridiculous BS kind of thing. And plus, you can find examples of Republican or conservative judges joining the liberal judges in certain decisions. You never find the opposite. You never find liberal judges joining um, the conservative. Roberts is more liberal than he is conservative. Sure. So they're melting down, and this brings us to what the state of Illinois did last night. Kind of. There's a caveat to it. Uh, So the state of Illinois is the latest to say they're going to take Donald Trump off of the primary ballot. (laughs) Unbelievable. Because of, quote, inciting an insurrection. But it's kind of a half-assed threat here because their decision is paused, allowing Donald Trump to appeal the decision. And it's that's going to be in the Supreme Courts. I think it's already in the Supreme Courts as well. It, what happened was in Illinois, like five radical Dem voters brought a lawsuit against Donald Trump, saying what you just said, the insurrection, and then the state election board unanimously rejected the petition. But now this this Democrat Cook County Circuit judge overrode the election board, which has which has I believe four Republicans and four Democrats on it, right? Yeah, and and so um, and now she's saying, yeah, you didn't have the authority to do that, but apparently this Cook County judge does. Earlier today, Nige, the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he was brought in front of a uh, House committee and was questioned about his wild disappearance earlier this year. Yeah, some prostate stuff, right? He was getting medical treatment, yeah. which is fine. I hope he gets the treatment. I hope he's better. I hope he's on the road to recovery. But when you're the Secretary of Defense of the world's largest military, you got to let somebody know. Especially while there are foreign wars that were uh, involved in proxy-wise. Ukraine, Russia, Israel, Hamas. Right. Where's the Secretary of Defense? Biden hasn't seen him. I certainly haven't seen him. Somebody has to know who's calling the shots here. And here's Indiana's Representative Jim Banks. Is it typical that the president would go three days without talking to his secretary of defense? Is that typical or is that a regular posture? Do you usually go days without talking to the commander? I mean, that can happen. It depends on if whether or not the president's uh, on on uh, on travel. If I'm on travel, uh, there are times when we we do go days without direct communication. So the, the big issue for me here is either the president is that aloof or you are irrelevant. <laughs> Which one is it, Mr. Secretary? That you it's would go three, that the president would go three days without knowing that his Secretary of Defense is is not on the job. It's neither. Uh, the president is not aloof, and uh, and I am uh, I participate in uh, in all of the. Uh, uh, let, let me ask you this: well, on January second, while you were in the hospital, President Biden was vacationing in the Caribbean. Your deputy, who the president didn't even know had operational control, was on a beach in Puerto Rico. So this goes on (laughs) for a while. Wow, Jim Banks. And if you thought that was some heat, what do you hear Matt Gates going at it with Lloyd Austin? You didn't tell the president that you had cancer, that you were being treated for cancer, or that the treatment for that cancer had gone wrong because you saw it as personal and medical. And I think a lot of us have empathy for you in that regard. But now that you see how personal 
medical decisions are. Will you call for the re-recruitment, restoration of full rank and back pay for the 8,600 service members who were vax mandated out of the military? <laughs> uh, no, I won't. <laughs> Haven't you learned yet? that the military is weaker, not stronger, with the 8,600 people that you vax mandated out of the military? Uh, just one point, uh, uh, Congressman. The reason I'm here is because the uh, chairman requested that I appear to, to uh, um, talk about the circumstances surrounding uh, my hospitalization. But don't you see the hypocrisy in it? Because you screwed up, we fix your screw up, and now you want grace, but these people who have sought res religious exemptions, they got no such grace. And also, I just think it's ridiculous that we're in three wars, you went AWOL for three days, and we get two hours with you. If you can't spend more than two hours answering these questions, I don't know how you really operate in all these wars. That was Matt Gates wow. going at it with the That's Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Such a good point involving COVID and the people that they vax mandated out of the military service. At a point now where uh, the military overall, is the numbers are down in terms of recruitment and actually cutting uh, some of the armed services. And if Lloyd Austin wants a little bit of grace, hey, look, I screwed up. It was a personal decision. But yeah, those people that didn't get the COVID vax, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Unbelievable. It's the weekend with Hammer and Nigel, 93 WIPC. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock oh, and roll. man, how do we play Is This Anything? I will run some stories by you. You will be the one that breaks down all the information and gives us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? The CEO of Kellogg's facing a little backlash because some people are saying, man, this economy's tough. Groceries are expensive. I don't know if I can afford to eat dinner. The CEO of Kellogg's says, well, maybe you should just eat cereal for dinner. Some of the things that we're doing is first messaging. we got to reach the consumer where they are. So we're advertising about cereal for dinner. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. The price of a bowl of cereal with, with milk and with fruit is less than a dollar. So you can imagine why a consumer under pressure might find that to be a good place to go. <laughs> no, this is nothing. It's, I'll tell you what it is. It's an awful thing to say to the 60 plus percent of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. It's an awful thing to say to people who notice that food prices haven't been this bad since the early 90s. And the CEO of Kellogg's, probably worth tens of millions of dollars, saying this sort of thing is kind of, you know, saying, ah, just, you know what, uh, cereal for dinner. It has, them, it has like a, a let them eat cake kind of vibe to it. Um, it, it. It's kind of akin to, oh, you can't afford gas? Well, just... Buy an electric car. <laughs> I, mean, it's like, I oh, see where okay. you're going with it. I do. I'm not upset at all. Are we shocked that the CEO of Kellogg's 
is pushing cereal? Oh my God, I can't believe it. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me the CEO of Miller Lite says, hey, you might probably want to drink more beer. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what he does. He's the CEO of Kellogg's. What did you expect him to say? Hey, I'll throw the cereal in the trash. Go make eggs. I will say, <laughs> I, I will say this. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, having breakfast for dinner used to be a highlight for me when I was a kid, although I don't know that I count cereal as, quote, breakfast for dinner. As You know, it was like bacon and eggs and sausage and pancakes. Right. You know. I like um, a good evening bowl of cereal sometime. Sure, yeah. No, I'm not trying to, like, shame anybody that likes to, you know, it happens from time to time. But, but saying that's a viable option for for people that, that are, are having trouble paying their bills, their grocery bills, their gas bills, that are working two jobs, living paycheck to paycheck, that's that kind of has, like, again, you know, let me kick. Do you yeah. think people are really upset at the cereal guy for saying you should eat more cereal. Like, I don't you know, think like you should be upset said, with that. Somebody said on Twitter, uh, uh, in other news, dairy farmers suggest you drink more milk. Right. That's exactly right. He's the cereal guy. Yeah. What'd you expect? I- I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're having trouble paying your grocery bills, just eat cereal. Is It strikes me as a tad tone deaf. I know what you're saying. Right. I, I understand, but that just seems a little short-sighted to me. Now, if the CEO of Kellogg's came out and went full Jay-Z by saying, if you're having food problems, I feel bad for you, son, <laughs> but we got 99 cereals and dinner's on us, that's different. What does cereal is in the hammer cupboard? Also, we uh, got a couple different things. Uh, we've got Honey Nut Cheerios. We've got the Smacks. And ooh, we've got some, uh, some Frosted Flakes. Okay. I have three as well. I have actually four. Uh, Raisin Bran. I love Raisin Bran. That's a home run for me. Do you add anything to the Raisin Bran, whether it be fruit or sugar? When I was a kid, my grandma used to put sugar on top of it for me. Loved it. Um, Sometimes I'll put uh, little like strawberries or blueberries on my Raisin Bran. Uh, Also, uh, Rice Krispies. Good uh, choice. uh, And uh, what's the Lucky, uh, Lucky Charms? Lucky Charms. Yep. Those are the those are what we have in our household. I got to rotate the cereals. Like after a while, I get burned out on the same thing. So you start rotating different ones. Like all the ones you mentioned, perfect. Like we've had those in the house sure. recently as well. Is this anything? There's a new Apple TV series talking about the New England Patriots dynasty and Tom Brady. He's a part of this. He talks about the heartbreak of losing their perfect season to the Giants in that Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. The David Tyree helmet catch and all that kind of stuff. Here's how Brady looks back at the devastation of losing the perfect season. They run out the clock. The Giants have won the Super Bowl. We were crushed. I was crushed. My teammates were crushed. Coaches were crushed. That was a history-making game. That would have been everything. And I remember getting to the bus in Arizona, there was not a sound. It, we were, it was pitch dark. There was no sleep. There was no sleep for, for a long time. Um, Why did you say Arizona? I thought that Super Bowl was here. No, that Am was I the wrong? second time they played the Giants. Oh, the first one, oh, oh, oh. when they were trying to run the table, was out in Arizona. Okay, all right. Um, Yeah, that's something. That's that's probably debilitating for a professional athlete. 19-0, and 0, had the chance to finally wipe the bleep-eating grin off the Miami Dolphins. Uh, seven, what is it, the 72 Dolphins they always right. talk about when an NFL team currently is 
I mean, you think about when the 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 Colts had their chance to to run the table, and then what happened? Dungey decided to sit some guys out for like four games. No, basically, Bill Polian decided oh, yeah, to sit yeah, some yeah, dudes yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't throw Tony Dungey's name under that bus. Right, right. Okay, I think those dudes you. wanted to go. Thank you for the correction. And Bill Polian was like, "My ass." <laughs> But you know what? I was glad to see the 72 Dolphins hang on there. I didn't want the Patriots well, to sure. beat them. Well, sure. Yeah, back in the day when they were actual rivals of the Colts. Okay. I love the fact what that is- the Giants beat them twice. Eli yeah. Manning got over on him twice. I love it. Uh, real quick, last one here. Imagine football being played on hockey ice. Okay? The game of football being played on ice like <laughs> hockey players do. <laughs> Men trying to run, not skate on it, <laughs> slipping nope. several feet when you fall, attempting to kick field goals when their base foot would slip and you'd slide all over the place. That sounds incredible. This is what Americans want. Ice football, and they're playing it right now in Germany. Es geht über, da ist er! Es geht über, Kleine Stickers, I love it. Uh, yeah, I want it to come to America, and I want to bring those announcers. And I yes. want to watch it. I don't care what they're saying. I, they have to announce in German, in their German, uh, in their language. Those guys are like the IMS radio yeah. network of Germany. Yes. They could make me going to the can sound exciting. <laughs> I'm watching it right now. I just reposted it on X at Hammer and Nigel. If you want to see a German football uh, or a German ice football being played, it's hilarious. You've been listening to the Hammer and Nigel Weekend Show. Catch us on our socials at Hammer and Nigel and check out store.hammerandnigel.com.